Welcome to a special edition of the Salon Plus podcast. We have some special guests with us today. Sitting across the table from me. I'm John Nicholson. It's John Nicholson. I mean, we are, we are just so excited about this. Yeah. Already we've been spending some time here in the uh, catacombs of Sanford University <laughs> Library, and we have some wonderful, beautiful women with us, and we're just excited about the stories that they are going to be helping us to tell. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you a little bit about what they do and who they are and, uh, and maybe why they're here today. We'll start right here with Dr. Lonette Berg here. Hi, I'm Lonette Berg. I'm the executive director of the Alabama Baptist Historical Commission. We're a state convention entity, and we help churches and associations and the convention collect and preserve and share their history and heritage. And I got to be with this illustrious group this morning uh, or this afternoon uh, to begin talking about the Siloam Baptist Church's 200th anniversary history. And um, Which is a beautiful segue to our next guest. It is because she's going to be the primary uh, author, compiler of all of this wonderful stuff that we have. Tell us who you are. Okay. I'm Elizabeth Wells, and I'm retired from Sanford University after fortunately being able to serve as a special collection librarian and university archivist for many years. <laughs> Forty. Forty years. Wow. And you've got some, you've got some Marian history, too. Yes. Um, went to Judson College in Marion, Alabama, and then I went to grad school, came back, taught school, um, was a church clerk at Salon Baptist Church, uh, was a pianist, bless him, <laughs> and then I met uh, Michael Wells. Uh, we were married at Salon Baptist Church in 1975. With a Catholic priest and a Baptist minister. Wow. Wow. Baptist wow. Church still stood. It was very wonderful. Dr. McCrumman sat on the front pro, row and Mrs. McCrumman played the organ. Wow. So it was wonderful. So this church is and has and was my home church from my college years through my early marriage years. And so this is home. Amen. I'm excited that we're going to be able, hopefully, to tell the story of Salem Baptist Church. Oh, we're so grateful for you. We're going to come back to that. Our other guest is no stranger to you. Vanessa Nicholson. <laughs> it's good to be here. Um, I'm, I'm really along for the ride. I wanted to see Lynette and Lynette, sorry, and Elizabeth on on this afternoon and spend some time with them. Well, don't glean don't, information from them. Don't undersell your role because as archivist at MI and also helping with the archives at Judson, you know a lot more of where to find the, mm-hmm. the stories than a lot of us do. <laughs> so grateful that you're here. Thanks. So, what you got there? So, we wanted to have these ladies on because, like you said, we're meeting together today to talk about the 200th and uh, just what we want to tell and how to tell this story. So, one of the main reasons of wanting to sit down with a podcast is for everybody else in our church to kind of get a little glimpse into why we're doing this even in the first place. Uh, why, why should we tell our story? Why don't we just, just forget our, our, our past and just move ahead? What's, what's so important about Siloam's past, and what does it have to teach us moving forward? And maybe not just Siloam's past, but 
church history as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Come on, on it. Well, let me jump on that. I was going to say, this is your, <laughs> this is your baby. This is my baby. Psalm 102, verse 18 says, Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. I mean, uh, all through the Old Testament, it tells us to remember, to remember, to remember. Did you write down that psalm? What, that psalm may be, 102, verse 18. That may be a that theme verse at the road, front of the book, Liz. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so we're called all through the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, to remember, to remember our story, to remember how God has worked through our stories. But we're also and commanded to go and tell. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to share what God has done in our lives so that others will come to know Him. So to me, if you don't remember your story and you aren't able to share that story, then you're not as effective a witness as you could be for Jesus Christ. So that's one reason mm -hmm. I think that it's important to remember our stories. Also, Church history is just people's stories mm. all put together yeah. and how God winds through those people's stories and make, makes it into a very powerful force in the community, uh, uh, servants who do ministry throughout, not just the church, but the community right. and really all around the world. So. I think we need to remember the story of what God has done so that we know who we are so that we can become the people he calls us to be. I love it. That's well said. But you know, the other thing about this story, it's so important, is that Siloam is a place, and this is personal experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Siloam is a place that loves you. Mm -hmm. They put their arms around you. They don't know you when you walk down that aisle. And I was scared. I had never moved to church letter, and here I am, a freshman. And the people in that church put their arms around me. They found a place I could serve. They found a place for me to work. But they said, come on, be part of us. Yeah. And to me, that's what we want to share. That's what we want to tell. A church that started with 17 members or 12 members a little bitty place, but the impact that this church mm. has had throughout the history is what Lonette said. They've told the story over and over and over. They're different mouthpieces, right. whether it was a missionary <clears throat> that came and had to sit there and listen, or you had a preacher that was telling, maybe they weren't all as good as you thought, or the music that you heard. Mm. There is a part of worship that meant so much. And you didn't have to be Baptist right. to just enjoy and understand. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, Liz, it, it, that's one of the unique joys of pastoring this church because I am constantly having conversations with people just like you that for a season, and it may have been just a year or even a semester, but the memories that they have of the difference that Siloam made in their life continues with them 40, 50, 60 years later. They are continuing to, to live out the stories that Siloam held right into their life at that crucial moment. It's a beautiful part of that. It absolutely is. That's what we want to tell. Yeah, so that's, that's great. Now, Vanessa, you have a long-standing love of history. How has that, how has our, our, our tenure there at Siloam, how, how has that been part of that story for you? Hmm. I think every time I walk into that building, 
I see something new or I sense something new, not, you know, like in a spooky, eerie way, <laughs> but, but um, it's almost like I can, I can envision where, you know, E.D. King sat in our church or mm. where, you know, you know, did devotee sit on the platform or was he down on the pew like we are on Sunday mornings and, you know, I just trying to, platform, you think, but... just, you know, and just trying to, you know, just trying to, to place the people in the sanctuary and, and, you know, experience what they experienced. And, you know, I think about, you know, in those days when the air conditioner doesn't work and, oh my gosh, they didn't have air conditioning <laughs> back then and what that was like. No and, 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 you know, just things like that, you know, run through my mind, run through my mind all the time. Yeah, you were telling uh, about uh, Temple, and we can't remember her last name. She was a former uh, pastor's kid that grew mm -hmm. up in the pastorium. Tell a little bit about that. I think mm -hmm. that's a tremendous story because well, that's part of our story. As right. Well. We had we had been in touch. Well, she had been in touch with us. And as a child, um, she was a pastor's kid. And um, the church was preparing to revamp the house, the pastorium. And they moved the pastor and family out to another house so that they could um, you know, do work inside the pastorium. Um, that particular pastor took um, another position in another church. So Temple was never able to see the reworkings of the, the parsonage. But anyway, uh, a few years ago, she came to us and asked if she could go in the house. And she just walked through and just said, you know, well, this was here and this was here and this was never here. And, you know, and just, just different, different things that she remembered um, from her childhood, which was really neat. You know, I, I like to think about all of the families that have lived in that, that house. Mm -hmm. And you know the memories that they have, and you know the voices that are in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, in some. I way. mean, I do. I love that. I love that idea. It is. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. it is. Liz, earlier when we were talking about how we were going to go about telling this story, one of the things that you kept bringing up was the tensions and some of the other parts of the story that aren't necessarily the fun parts to tell, but are part of the story, and so. I, I want to hear from you just kind of the underlyings of all that. Why is that so important to you to tell the full story of maybe not just Siloam, but, but just of history? Why do we need to know the full story of things? Well, think about your own life. There are ups and there are downs. There are places that you like to be and places that you don't want to be. But all of it makes up you. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing is with a church or an institution or anything like that. You have to look at the whole, the whole picture. We used to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> but um, it's not because I really want to know and we want to tell all. But some of it, the tensions have made us who we are. Yeah, yeah. It makes an institution, it makes a church grow. Uh, if you've ever been in a church where there was a little bit of a tension with the preacher, then you might say, you oh, that, didn't, that, that would never make a difference. But a wise man told me, the longer a minister stays in the church, he begins to help shape the form and the body of that church because he is the shepherd he is the leader and it's not just about the leadership it's about the people mm -hmm. you know the person i sit next to in the pew 
have I prayed for that person? Mm -hmm. Have I worked with that person long enough to really know them? We don't really know everybody in our church, but everybody has a story that tells what the church is to them. Um, We look at history. If we look at history, we know that the tension is there. There are certain parts of our history we're very proud of. (laughs) We pat ourselves on the back. Then there's part of it you just want to sort of whisper around and say, that's really didn't want to happen. <laughs> but it happened. Mm-hmm. And because it happened, it shapes us. Yeah. And to avoid it, it's like, oh, well, everything's just hunky-dory. But you know, I found out something. The Lord works through the times when it's wonderful. But the Lord takes your hand when the times are hard Mm -hmm. and he carries us and he works with us if we like Lynette says if we will be used by him through the hard times and the good times it will shape us differently and he will help mold us to be who he needs us to be if I didn't have the splinter in my finger Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know that it was hurting but you know what that also tells me? I can feel. Mm-hmm. I don't like the splinter, and it looks icky. But because of that splinter, I have the ability to take it out and look at it. Where did I get it? What is it doing? And how can it affect my finger? That's good. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I can feel it. We feel so much more than we might ever tell. Feeling is part, I know, you're supposed to have data in everything you do. That's important. (laughs) But the feeling of knowing that God will never let us go, Mm. no matter what. But he expects us to be stewards of his. And we have to tell the story. Now, I'm not saying you have to tell it blatantly or I'm going to hurt your feelings, but But we want it to live. We want it to live. We want it to have some life to it. It has to. Because so so often history gets the bad rap of just being dusty. Boring. Boring. But you you do such a joyful job at our state conventions and every state meeting that I've ever heard you speak at. You always bring some delightful tale. How, how How has finding those things been a part of your journey as a historian for our state convention? Well, that's one of the most important things I do. I think so. Um, Because people are interested when you have a good story to tell. And so it is a gift to me to be able to go around and hear people's stories and to, to see their records and to read the things that are in there, to see what was in somebody's heart in 1895 or uh, 1940 to, to see what God was doing in that place. And sometimes the stories that those people have to tell that I can share is much more effective than any report I could give, a bunch of numbers that I could throw out. Um, I think people start to really see the value of history when you're able to tell them a story that matters, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. powerful in a way. And Liz was talking about basically putting the hard things in history. 
How do you deal with the hard things in history? And um, some of the some of the stories I hear are hard stories. We would never want to be that person. Right. We would never want to have right. made that decision as a church. But if we don't tell those things, if we don't accept them, acknowledge them, repent if we need to, right. if we don't deal with them honestly, not necessarily harshly, but honestly, then we don't give God the credit mm-hmm. for sustaining us through our mistakes, our stupidity, our short-sightedness, <laughs> our whole bunch of bad words, you know, bad things. But we, if we don't appreciate those things and acknowledge them, then I don't think we give God the glory for what he does in taking this horrible, rough clay and making it into something beautiful. Right. So uh, it's just like when your baby comes home from the grocery store with something in their pocket that does not belong to them. You've got to make them face up to it and um, and go back and apologize. Right? So I think there's some of that that's necessary in church history. But don't you think, can you imagine that these people that started this little church in 1822 and you think they came together and they started, can you think they even imagined, mm. could imagine 200 years later that it's still going? Yeah. And then let's, let's bring that forward to where we live today right. in 2022 and about the things that Siloam is <laughs> attempting to be and become now. What might that have for the future of God's kingdom that we can't really begin to imagine? We can't even imagine. Right. And I think that's why we need to tell we have those to tell stories the story. that are back there. And I'm so grateful for how you're approaching helping us with <laughs> uh, writing uh, this story. And let me just let me bring you in on a, a, a little bit of inside ball. Uh, Dr. Mark II was originally going to take on this task, but obviously uh, things in his life changed, and was, he's unable to do that. And so we had thrown around a few names, and Liz had approached me at graduation, I think. She mentioned that she had some interest in this, and so I filed that away. And uh, we just kind of kept rocking along, and I finally called, what, three or four months ago. I can't remember the exact date, but it was a beautiful day. And I just remember it so well, Liz, because I called and said, reference back to the the, uh, the conversation that we had. And do you remember what you told me? No. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you, were, you, were, you had been praying just that morning. Yes, I did. I remember. Come on now. You tell your story. <laughs> Speaking of stories. Well, you know, sometimes after you go through some situations in your life, you um, pray a little differently. Mike died in uh, September of 2020. Mm. We had just moved to Fort Payne, Alabama in 2019. And this was something, you know, for us to move out of a house for 30-something years. (laughs) So here we are. We're up there, new house, new place, and all of a sudden he gets sick. And he had brain cancer. We had some time together, and then he died. Well, you know, you're left, you think... What am I going to do? Why am I here? Oh, yes, I have grandchildren, and I love them, and my daughter's here. I love them. But what what am I supposed to do, Lord? I mean, I've always had a, a teammate. We've always had a partnership, and now it's just me. And I don't know what to do. I, I need a purpose. I need 
you know, I worked all these years, and now it's just, what do I do? Lord, I need something to do, but I don't know what it is. Please help me know what I need to do. <laughs> ring, and ring. John Nicholson. <laughs> off. And he said, well. And it's just such a beautiful thing, because it was just God's timing. It was. It was just one of those moments. And this is just the right time. And so we just thank God already for you and the good work that you're going to do. And you're not going to be alone. You've got collaborators and uh, co-conspirators and uh, those kinds of things along the way. And uh, we're excited. And I'm so grateful that you are going to breathe life into uh, our stories uh, there at Siloam. And we're looking forward to, to what lies ahead. Well, that's all I got. We have any final comments, anything else we want to say? Ladies, thank y'all so much. Yes. I wish all of you listening to this podcast could have been sitting around this table for the last hour or so as we've been kind of tossing around what this can be. And it's going to be an exciting project. Uh, Be in prayer. You'll be hearing about it. Some of you listening are going to be a part of it, uh, whether you know it or not at this point. (laughs) And uh, we'll be uh, be working through that. But we're excited about this. and uh, Can't wait to see the finished product uh, down the road when we get there. We'll see you all next time. Thanks a lot. Thank Thank you. you.